You get the bags, Hugo. I'll open up the house. Righto, darling. <laughs> um, Hugo? Uh, yes, darling? You remember I gave you three jobs before we left? I do, Melissa, and I did them all. I cancelled the papers. Yes, you did. You emptied the bins, too. And I released the clowns. <laughs> don't, Hugo. I said don't release the clowns. Ah. <laughs> Welcome to Release the Clowns. We're going behind the clowns again with more interviews with our writers and one very special performer, Holly Meachin, who starred in the intro you've just heard. Hi, Holly. Hello. Nice to speak to you. You too. Hi, Holly. Hi, Nick. So having heard it, do you remember that now? I do now, yes. Yeah, when you said <laughs> what it was, I had absolutely no, no recollection. But upon hearing it, I had a big smile at remembering it. <laughs> Epic sound effects as well. Uh, Lots of SFX in there. Great SFX. Oh, yes. So before we go any further, we should introduce ourselves as well. I'm Alex Marion. Oh, and I'm Nick Hildred. Hello. And what are we going to be doing today, Nick? Well, we are going to have a listen to a sketch that Holly has chosen of all the many, many, many sketches she's been in. Um, and we're going to listen to it and then uh, talk about it. Uh, with her. There were many. I made a list and it was long. It was, it was long. long. Yes. <laughs> so, shall we listen to the sketch? Okay. Oh, yes. This is a great place for a first date, Colin. I love the bagpipes. That's the fiddle. Marvellous. <laughs> yeah, you can't beat Irish music. Or the Irish, lovely people, so warm and friendly. I love them. I'll probably end up marrying one. Well, um, here's to St. Patrick's Day, my favourite day of the year, when I can drink a toast to my ancestors. I, I didn't know you were Irish. Oh, yes, born and raised. It's just, you know, the accent. Oh, I get that all the time. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm from County Cardiff, uh, just outside Dublin. <laughs> Strange. Your dating profile said your surname is Jones. No, it's, uh, it's O'Jones. Yeah, Keris O'Jones. That's me. I'm as Irish as they come. <laughs> it's why I, I, I only eat potatoes. And um, I love the colour green. And I have a tattoo of a shamrock. Yeah, see? That's the three of clubs. Never mind. <laughs> you play your cards right and who knows what might happen. Yeah, who, who knows? Anyway, I'll join you in raising a glass to all the great things Ireland's given us. The Giant's Causeway, mm. Guinness, <laughs> River Dance. Uh, leprechauns? Except they're not real. What about Graham Norton? He's a human. Would you believe it? And here's to all the great Irish people throughout history. James Joyce, Oscar Wilde, Daniel Day-Lewis. Father Ted? Again, not real. Oh. Keris, let's be honest, you're not really Irish, are you? Hey. What's the crack with that? Of course I am. Yabigeechit. Okay, sorry, my mistake. Can I get you another Guinness? 
Not likely, boyo. It tastes like a liquefied loaf of bread blended with cabbage and kenko. I'll have a mineral water from the valleys. Uh, uh, to be sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, what drew you to that sketch in particular? question um well yeah um as you know i've got a pretty shocking memory these days so i had to ask you for a list of all the sketches i've been in um and it was a really difficult choice because there were so many like just so many brilliant brilliant things that i've had the honor to be a part of um but yeah just uh, upon listening to that one again it just it really made me chuckle it's just so silly um and just even just the idea of itself as me an english woman playing a welsh woman trying to be an irish woman i just think <laughs> it's just really daft <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it was just really fun to do um i also realized that me and alex have been on lots of uh lots of dates in the the uh clowns <laughs> Which we do appear to have been don't we yeah that wasn't the only one actually <laughs> they, they never work out no but it's just so you know we've got more material for the future right yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i just love that one really silly and i love doing accents as well so i got to got to do got to do my welsh which is always fun and it's such a good Welsh accent too. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't do Welsh. I, I think we should give uh, credit to the writers there as well. That was, if, I, if I remember rightly, that's Jamie and Andrew, isn't it? It is indeed. I was just uh, just going to say it is Jamie Fleish and Andrew Kirkwood um, who were on the show last week. Um, uh-huh. Well, and and it, I think the it is that thing of you playing Welsh, playing Irish. It is just sublime. <laughs> it's just so stupid. I've got to say, it's a, it's a real pleasure to, to to straight man in a sketch like that because um, you really you, your performance is just so fast. You just you just go. All I can do is just hang on and and try and keep up. And it's <laughs> just it's just really good fun. Which you do brilliantly. I think that's, yeah, that's my favourite bit, actually, where they're like, not real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's human. Um, well, Graham Norton. He's Graham Norton. <laughs> <laughs> it's those, yeah, little quick fire Who'd have thought it? That make it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the writing's just spot on. It was really fun, really fun. One of many fun moments. Um, Oh, yeah. ah, yes, the the release, the clown's funness, which uh, which hopefully we'll be getting back to very shortly. Fingers crossed. I mean, yeah, that's what I really, really miss actually. And that that sketch was obviously brilliant fun doing with Alex. But I think some of my favourite kind of clowns moments is when there are like five or six of us in the booth, all you know, doing a big sketch together, like yeah. just riffing off each other and and laughing, like yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you were the woman sitting in the tree shouting, have the sidge. And there must have been a, six or seven of us in the booth for that. Yeah, and the same for the social media um, sketch we were just mentioned earlier as well. There was like, I think at least five or six of us and me and Gemma both playing like double parts like with different voices it was crazy it was really funny yeah that was that was a cast of thousands wasn't it from 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 half a dozen yeah there's like 14 parts or something and there's about five or six of us doing it yeah it was mad 
I think you you were in the um, Sweet Sally Wainwright sketch as well, weren't you? Oh, Sweet Sally Wainwright, yes! I completely <laughs> forgot about that one as well! Is that Sweet Sally Wainwright of Matha King Terrace? <laughs> yes, 14B above the sweet shop. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, listeners... With, with my, to date, first and only bit of original music. <laughs> oh, I, I, think, I think the best thing about that original bit of music... Now, now listeners, I have to explain. Um, uh, Alex's, Alex's musicianship is, is unequalled. Uh, it's otherworldly, isn't it? It's almost otherworldly. <laughs> so he had an idea for the music, which he, he then sang to us. And then when we all went, oh, could you sing it again? He sang it to us again, but the notes weren't the same. <laughs> I, yes, it's all flooding back to me now. It's, yeah. it's an improvisational technique. <laughs> that I use. Never the same twice. Never the same twice. Don't get bored. Don't get bored. But yeah, I think we just went with it, luckily, but having good improv skills. Right, well, exactly. <laughs> How did it go, Alex? Go on, give us a read. <laughs> sweet Sally Wainwright <laughs> of Maffa King <laughs> Terrace, <laughs> Fort and B above the sweet shop. La 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 la. <laughs> Not even close. Not, Not even, even close. close. La, da, 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 da. Yeah, that's a Sweet Sally Wainwright 2.0. <laughs> well of course i mean the thing is where, where, where we met alex you and me was doing improv that's right yeah the free association, free association. A few year, quite a few years ago now i know um, a long time isn't it it has been a while hasn't it yeah and and are you, are you still doing improv i am well at the moment only online um but yes i'm with a team called rhinoceros and we oh, were pre-pandemic running our own monthly comedy night um, in Kilburn at the North London Tavern um, where we perform a set and have guest comedians, um, mostly kind of character comedy and other improv. Um, that we were running for about, yeah, a year or so, but obviously had to stop with everything else live and fun and exciting and in the flesh. Um, but yeah, we are still um, practicing online on Zoom and kind of, yeah, got a couple of ideas in the pipeline for something radio-y, podcast-y, <clears throat> um, improvised. So yeah, I'm doing- Ooh, doing exciting. Yeah, yeah, watch this space. It doesn't quite exist yet, but we're working on it. And, and, and I've of course, now you're down in Bristol. Are you? Are you? Have you yeah. planned on a hooking up with anyone down there? Yeah. Well, I mean, I do have a partner already. Improv-wise, I'm assuming you meant there, Alex. I did. <laughs> also, the other kind of hooking up really not possible during a pandemic either. No. I feel no. So sorry for all the uh, single people. Um, is yeah. dogging still happening? That's sort of socially distanced, isn't it? I don't know why you're asking us, Alex. <laughs> um, I can confirm dogging is still going. Good, thank you. That's why I'm asking you. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, improv-wise, there is a bit, there is a good scene here in Bristol, the Bristol Improv Theatre. Um, and like, yeah, quite, quite a lot going on, but again, just not much at the moment. So yeah, I definitely hope to kind of, um, yeah, become part of the scene and, and do things down here, but I haven't really had the chance just yet because I moved during lockdown 1.0. Mm. Um, so yeah, still kind of finding my feet really and mostly doing things online at the moment. Yeah. Do, you, do you find improv much harder online? 
yeah it's a definitely a different I mean you, you've still got all the same skills I'd say that you're you're practicing and, but um it, it took a bit of getting used to and there are certain things that don't work um but there are kind of new things that you can do as well um so it's been fun exploring that but yeah it, it is it is definitely a different medium but mm. there's lots of there's lots of potential and lots lots to have fun with so um it is enjoyable yeah Just so what sort of new skills what would you say uh, is an advantage of improv online I guess because you, you're sort of working with the frame, aren't you? So you can do sort of more filmic things and you can kind of play with camera on, camera off, coming into shot, ah. out shot, props as well. Like, you, you know, usually in improv shows, you don't have any props at all. It's all mime-like space work. Um, but I always have loads of weird things around me just because I'm a hoarder. Um, and so, <laughs> like, it's been fun just kind of like... Yeah, something comes up in a scene and you can grab it really quickly and like be, make it part of the scene that's quite fun um and yeah just kind of thinking of that that frame of the, the square like how to use that more interestingly you know as, as a kind of camera angle as opposed to you know the the wider live audience things there's there's lots of fun stuff to play with which is is new um yeah that's a, that's a genuinely fascinating answer holly thank you oh okay <laughs> Oh, lovely. Yeah, I do. That's one of the things I, yeah, I love about doing release the clowns. We're just doing kind of radio, the radio format is, um, is just the freedom as an actor, like of being able to be anyone, you know, like, I've, you know, I was looking, thinking through again, of all the different characters we've had of like playing a pregnant gerbil or like an old lady you know like that's what I love about it is being able to yeah do all these weird and wonderful characters that you might not be able to do so much in the theatre. Yeah. Are there any other questions we should really ask one of our, our wonderfully best performers? Well number one just a personal one to you will you be able to do a, a, a sketch or two with us? Yeah. Will you be able to fit into your schedule? Absolutely. I would always make time for Release the Clowns. I absolutely love doing it. It's just a joy to be part of. Yeah, because yeah, um, it should be, in theory, easier to um, organise uh, because everyone isn't having to come to a certain place at a certain time, if you know. Yes, I mean. true. You won't have the admin nightmare. You'll have to yeah. send a soup in the post. <laughs> <laughs> so, Holly, which soup? Oh, well, do you know what? Actually, Nick changed my changed my life um, with the revelation that is celery soup. It's celery now, soup. I oh had never, God. I'd never made. I don't think I'd ever even eaten celery soup before Nick made it for us at a recording, and it was a revelation to me. It's now one of my absolute faves that I make. I think it's the best thing you can do with celery, actually. Oh, absolutely. I oh, yeah. I'm not. I, I'm afraid I'm going to have to disagree with that. I, really? I use celery in almost everything. In almost everything, like yeah, the shower. <laughs> well yeah i always did that but now i use it in cooking as well uh, <laughs> it's a good shoehorn too yeah oh yeah, it's excellent it's yeah well funny, funny you should mention that actually because at this very moment on my cooker i have i'm making chicken stock nice. um and i shall use that chicken stock this very evening in a celery and leek soup oh lovely do you pop a potato in there as well to give it a nice nice um texture um you... actually i wasn't going to oh okay i'm sorry I, no no don't be i just wondered because i never asked you for your recipe i just i just had a go at making it myself and um, no. it is pretty delicious and sometimes i pop a potato in 
Yeah, actually, a lot of people do pop a potato in. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> nice to say that, isn't it? Yeah, pop a potato. Pop a potato. Pop a potato. Pop a potato. It's a it's a nightmare for plosives, though. You know, if oh, you pop it in the microphone. <laughs> That's why I've never done a pop a potato sketch. Right. I haven't. Oh. I haven't even got a pop shield here, or a pop a oh. potato shield. You haven't even got a pop a potato shield. I haven't. No. <laughs> the world's gone mad. I've got a proper pop a potato shield. <laughs> <sighs> so I'm now thinking about a pop up potato, like like a pop up bar. There you go. That's sketch number two written for you. <laughs> Done. It, this is being a very useful, fertile conversation, uh, Holly. For, for Basically Alex. a brainstorming session. It is. Yeah. Alex's yeah. Non non-existent sketch writing so far. Idea. Yeah. Now, the, the problem is what I now have is two really good things to add to my really long list of things I haven't written. Great. Yay. <laughs> well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for, really, at the moment, Holly. So we are going to oh. have to say goodbye. Uh, Nick. So yes. Sad. What? I just segued into wrapping up for you there. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. really a segue. It just went, that's all we've got time for. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. We'll okay, let me let me try oh, another one. Let about, me try another one. Oh, okay. Nick, have you got anything to say? No. <laughs> I was going to say you better go and check on your soup. <laughs> Actually, going back to the popping potatoes, what we are having with the soup is baked potatoes. Ooh. Baked potato, lovely. Baked potatoes, soup, and some sausages. Nice. Okay. Okay, interesting yeah, it's a, combo. It's a, it's a lovely sort of wintry type late autumnal. Yeah. Soup and sausages. Yeah. Now, do you dip your sausage into your soup, or is it on the side? It's on the side. Mm. I mean, we're not a, we're not a sausage dipping family. You're not. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what happens when people move back to Bristol? They become feral within weeks. <laughs> yeah, we're all right sausage dippers over here. <laughs> <laughs> and I think on that note, uh, we're going to have to say goodbye. <laughs> Great segue. Such, Great. Such good segue. Oh, lovely. Thank you, Holly. That's been brilliant. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. It's really nice to speak to you both again. <laughs> Thanks, <yeah>. Holly. <laughs> Release the clowns. We're here talking to Alf Oldman, who's written many, many sketches for us, and he's chosen one of his favourites for us to listen to today. Hello, Alf. How are you doing? Hello there. I'm very well, thank you. Hurrah. Um, <laughs> yes, hurrah. And um, thank you very much for taking uh, time out of your gardening today, today, <laughs> to talk to us. It's a pleasure. Gardening is a bit of a chore, uh, but my wife is uh, doing it at the moment, and hopefully she'll have finished by the time we finish this. <laughs> That's the spirit. It's the, always the best thing to do with a chore, isn't it? <laughs> well, it is. Although, was it the karate kid that learned how to do karate by painting a fence? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So there is some validity to it. And doing to be it. fair, I've never painted a fence and I can't do karate, so there is clearly some <laughs> truth in it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. there you go. That, that that proves the um um the theory, doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> definitive <laughs> proof. <laughs> okay, so um, shall we have a listen to your sketch that you've chosen? Yes, please. I'd you like to say anything before we listen to it, Alf. 
I don't think so. Let's let it speak for itself and then we'll see afterwards. And so here's our sketch, The Gentle Art of Persuasion. This is a tape-recorded interview with Stephen Smudger-Johnson. I'm Detective Constable Mia Sargent. Now, Smudger, tell me, where were you last Saturday night? At home with me missus. All night? Yep. From what time? Well, after I got home from the match, about half past six. Oh, come on, Smudger, let's not muck about. You and I both know that's not true. No, straight up, Sergeant. Honestly, I was at home all night. Detective Inspector Ander entering the room, evening smudger. Mr Ander. What's he been telling you, Sergeant? He reckons he was at home all night, sir. Tut, tut, oh dear, oh dear, smudger. And there's me thinking you might have learned after all these years. We just can't stand liars at this nick. Oh, straight up, Mr Ander. Honest, you can ask me missus. Don't insult my intelligence, son. Why can't you people believe me for once? Because you're a slag and a liar, Johnson. Always have been, always will be. Now, come on, own up. Let's have the truth. Nancy, shaken vat, cleaner, entering the room. Don't mind me, I've just got to run my little Henry around. Oh, hello, Smudger. Hello, Nancy. Lift your legs, love. Got to hoover under your chair. There you go. How are you keeping? All right, thanks. You're telling these fine detectives the truth, I hope? Yeah. He's lying through his back teeth, Nancy. Oh, Smudger. No, I'm not. Now, you know I can't stand liars. Ow! No, ouch, get off, Nancy. Oh, God, Own up. Hurt. Tell the truth, you little bastard. Ow! Oh, God. Uh, the Reverend Leviticus entering the room. Morning, Vicar. Oh, morning, Nancy. Good morning, Mr Hounder, Sergeant. Morning, morning Vicar. Well, I never. Smudger Johnson, who'd have thought it? How are you, my boy? Well, Nancy's been hitting me with her over. Oh. And Mr Hounder's been shouting at me and calling me a liar, Vicar. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Been bearing false witness again, have we? No, I've told him the truth. Oh, come, come, Smudger. You surely know that lying is a mortal sin. If you don't start telling the truth now, you'll die and go to the eternal damnation of hell. Do you understand? Hell and damnation. Repent. Repent now, you little ah, horrible Get off man. me, Vicar. Ow. Ooh, no. Nancy, not in a pet hair attachment. Ow. Oh, ow. Ross Kemp entering the room. Hello, Hello Ross. Hello, Mr. Hounder. Mia, Nancy, Reverend Leviticus. Well, I never. Smudger Johnson. Now, why am I not surprised to find you in here? I haven't done nothing, I swear. I was at home with me missus all night. I think you're telling me porky pies, old lad. Ow! God! Ow! God! Three officers from the Queen's own household cavalry entering the room. Evening, Captain. Evening, Captain. Evening, Inspector Hounder. And who's this horrible little man? Smudger Johnson, a liar and a cheat. Is he indeed? Start assaulting him, Sergeant Major. Yes, sir. Woman training an elephant entering the room. Good morning. 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 Nellie says she hears you've been telling lies, Smudger. The beautiful Cancan dancers from the La Rouge entering the room. (laughs) 
On the 20th of January, at the Old Bailey, upon the compelling evidence of admissions made whilst in police custody, Stephen Smudger Johnson was found guilty of robbing the Bank of England, possessing a hammer with intent to demolish Windsor Castle and melting the polar ice caps. And that's the last of our series with New Scotland Yard's Intimidation and Coercion Squad. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a silly sketch. Oh, well. That, it thank was all you. in the way it was put across by, by yourselves. <laughs> I well, think that's what sold it. It's the way it was... Um, uh, it's the way you did it. Oh, uh, no, no, no. You're, you're underselling yourself there because as soon as that sketch came in, when I read it, I was yeah. like, wow, this is... <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. Very kind of you. I, th I think because you you came you came on board after we did the open call. Yes, to, that's right. To, to get general to to get lots of new writers in, and we got lots of stuff coming. And we take there's quite a few writers who've been with us regularly since then, including right. yourself. Right. I think it was quite clear from the start that you got us. <laughs> that, <laughs> that you were in many ways as silly as we are. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I sometimes think that what I have to do, I do get moments where I throw the silliness onto the paper, and what I should really do is think about it sometimes before I ping it off to you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have learned, a friend of mine does home brew, and he brews it, but you can't drink it straight away. It's got to sit there uh, and, uh, and mature, if that's the word. Yeah. And I think that's what I need to do with some of the things that, uh, that I send your way. A silly idea bumps into my head. I quickly bash it all out on the word processor. It looks great. And I get so excited, I send it straight away. And then I need to come back to it. Forgive me, I'm talking too much. No, not no, at all. No, that, that is but, rather the purpose of this. Yeah, so. that's how interviews work out. <laughs> I mean, I know we're not very good at doing this, but I, I, I think actually the idea of an interview is to get the interviewee to talk, yes. Oh, well, well, when you're good at them, if I was Smudger Johnson, I'd confess, confess straight away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to say, what I love about that sketch is, is it's got such a lovely um, rhythm to it, and and the the way you escalate is really nice. And um, you, you you did tweak it a little bit, and for the better too. I you, I um I actually played that sketch to my wife. I don't play many of the things to her because I. I don't know, I feel shy about some of it. But I played this one to her, I said, oh, you'll love this. And she listened to it, and she listened to it. And the bit where she actually started to laugh was the tweaked bit that you yourselves have put in when the can-can ladies come in. I have to say, that's very funny. But I thought, well, what about all the rest of it, dear? <laughs> <laughs> I think that only works because of all the rest of it. It's, yeah. it's, that's that sort of build up to what on earth could possibly happen next. I mean, we've already had an elephant come into the room. Yeah. <laughs> And there, there is a literal elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good thing about audio stuff, of course, is you can do that sort of thing, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's actually something that, that anyone writing audio has to realise. You can do whatever you like. It doesn't add to the budget particularly. Yeah. You know, so why not do it? Apart from facial expressions. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> Oh, yes. Please don't anyone write in with sketches that are composed entirely of facial expressions. Yeah. That can't be, <laughs> I don't know many um, uh, mime artists that really made it on the radio. No, <laughs> no, not really. But, but also, it's, it's the way the characters are written is really lovely. You know, the, the, 
Alex comes in as the detective hounder and that, that sort of, oh dear, oh dear, tut, 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 <laughs> is so, it's, it's, it's brilliant. And I was very, I was so happy to be able to play Reverend Leviticus. <laughs> Whoever it was who played um, Ross Kemp did quite a reasonable impersonation. Well, that's, it's interesting actually, because I remember we had a chat in the studio and that is a sort of side note. It's one of the things that's lovely about a sketch like this is that it is one of the ones that allows us to get everyone, everyone. in the studio and everyone involved to the point where actually, I think we had to leave it for one or two, maybe two sessions yeah. before we could record it because yeah. we didn't have enough people. Um, but yeah, with, with the Ross Kemp, I remember we had a discussion about how Ross Kemp talks. Yeah. And that sort of strange, stilted, it's almost like a publicly educated Cockney. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, you, you pulled it off, but you won't be able to get many actors together in that way anymore, will you? Not at the moment. No, we're sort of we're we're working on a couple of things. So we got through our monologues, as you know, for a long for, for a while, um, and now we've been doing these interviews shows, which are which have been really good fun. Yeah, it's been it's really been really nice things. actually, especially um, catching up with uh, people like you, who who we don't know well. We, well, um, we don't do it, but it's it, well, it's nice. It's given us this opportunity. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. It's it's been really good fun. I'd like to think it, it won't just be our first date. Well, it, <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, it depends what you're what you're looking for, Alf. <laughs> well, uh, perhaps a bad choice of words by me there. What I mean is our relationship can build from here. Um, yeah. Does that sound yeah. worse? Yes. Yeah, I always like to think nothing's off the table. So. <laughs> Good. Okay. You're, you're lucky, Alf. I have to sit next to him. <laughs> so in, well, I always get excited. Oh, phrase that wrong as well. I always get excited when I go to my emails and I see there's an email from you asking for material. And then, then I uh, um, get carried away with myself creative-wise and send a whole load of stuff to you. And, uh, oh, that's, that's, that's really nice to hear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we sit there and go, no, I don't know about this one. I know, I'm sure there's that aspect to it, but if I chuck enough stuff your way, then something of it will stick. Yeah, and I, th I think that's a, that's another thing with your stuff. Actually, there's so, so th some things we receive from people, and and it's definitely no. Yeah. Um. With 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 the, your stuff, a lot of it's really good straight away. But even the stuff that we think, oh, are we sure? Are we not? There's always a germ of something in there that we can mm. work with. So there's been there's been sketches like the uh, Sue Peter sketches, for oh, example. Oh yes, which we went a completely different way with. You did, but, but it worked better. And start, from your starting point there, that that gave us something that we could really work with. Yeah. So it's very good of you to allow us to do that. Yes. For certain absolutely. things. That aside, I do feel I need to be a little more self-disciplined in the way that we said earlier. Allow something to uh, uh, rest for a day or two look at it again yes that's good enough to send to nick and alex and see what they think oh that's yeah that's yeah i, I think yeah why not also there there's the other thing of some sometimes and this isn't a criticism no go on well it kind of is but it isn't at the same time hit me with it it's where you've got you start a sketch and it's like <laughs> oh yeah this is a good sketch and then you've obviously had another idea <laughs> that's that, 
it's a, at the same level as a, of a good idea. And then you start going down that route. And then you have another idea and start going down that route. And actually well, what we get is three good sketches in one sketch that and actually... You don't, you don't want three for the price of sketch. one. You're not interested in three for the price of one, are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm learning. In, in sketch comedy, that's not the way it tends to work. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm with it now. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm learning and developing um, from uh, my email correspondence with you and uh, from talking to you this morning, I've uh, benefited as well. Oh, I think that's going good. back to gentle art of persuasion, I think that's the, the really nice, one of the really lovely things about that sketch is that it takes one game and it works it all the way, all the way to its, its logical conclusion. Um, and that just that idea, playing with that idea, that's something that, you know, we've all from watching cop films and cop yes. shows, we're all really familiar with this idea of so-and-so entering or leaving the room and the recording. Yes, yes, yes. Just taking that idea and playing with that it's just the idea. Yeah. I don't know how the creative process works for you, but for me, something triggers in my brain as being daft or silly. As I go about my normal life and my normal work, something triggers in my brain as being daft or silly, something I've seen, heard, or whatever it may be. And then I sit down and I uh, expand on it or work it into a sketch. I was listening on the radio to, to John Cleese speaking about creativity and he said the thing to do was to sit in a room uh, no distractions turn the phone off certainly not the telly or the radio and sit there but it doesn't work for me in quite that way i kind of have to have the idea before i wander into the room if that makes any sense to you yeah mm. so i um ideas ping into my head like a, a a lump of raw material that i then take into my little uh, spare bedroom. Oh, this sounds awful. My little spare bedroom is there. <laughs> <laughs> and mould into a sketch. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the creative process is different for everybody. Yes. Number one. So you've got to find your own creative process. Um, I mean, my one, it sounds similar to yours. So I'll be doing something like walking the dogs. And um, it's when, my, when I let my brain freewheel and then yes. something, it'll just suddenly stop at an idea. Yes. So, for example, uh, for me, I wrote all the, I had the idea for the Godfather sketches. Walking oh, yes, home, yes. Where, where, you know, it's, it's the Godfather has actually gone into real effort to learn to play, you know, make balloons and all of that. Yes, but yes. all of his godchildren just wanting to kill people for them. Um, so <laughs> I, I'd say about 80% of the sketches I, I think of uh, while walking about the place. So walking the dogs is quite a fruit. That's, that's how it comes to me. Something, oh, uh, yeah, something sparks off a thought in your head, doesn't it? And then away you go. <laughs> yeah, it's but, very rare for me to have a, a, an idea while sitting in my office at my computer. No, no. no, that's death to ideas for me. Yeah. Oh, well, we all feel much the same then. You, you just can't sit in a quiet room and somebody says to you, write something funny now that's not the way it works is it i have actually had a producer do that to me except um he he banged the desk we were both sitting at and shouted in my face be funny now <laughs> I, heard, I heard an anecdote about spike milligan once who was apparently some uh, in some bar or something and some chap comes to him you're a comedian you go on in say something funny and he said to him what do you do so i'm a carpenter go on and he says make me a table <laughs> I just want to say, Alf, 
thank you for that sketch, which is just, I think, an absolute gem. And all the other stuff you've had on the show with us, it's been it's been really wonderful that you you have given us this stuff yeah. to do. You know? I'd say grappling with the weather is a favourite of mine. That's oh, that fun. is very funny. <laughs> you did the accents very well. I like that one. And and I was... uh, you also impressed me with your Scottish accents when we did the football. <laughs> oh, yeah, the football I, one. I have to say, I'm not impressed with my Scottish accent. <laughs> I feel it wanders slightly. But the uh, grappling with the weather was tremendous fun to do. Play body bolt. <laughs> no. Oh, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure to talk to you both. Thank you, you very much. Hope to see some stuff soon. Yes. I'm, I'm going to go and paint a fence now. Okay, have fun with that. If it's not all done already. Yes, indeed. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Al. <laughs> Thanks, Best Al. We will mend it. We will spend it. We will release the clowns, clowns, clowns. <laughs> So next up, we're going to have a sketch from one of our writers who's been with us for quite a while now, a couple of years. At least. He's written a lot of really good sketches. Unfortunately, he can't be with us today, but he has chosen a favourite sketch. Yes. So let's listen to Robert Mills, Injury Lawyers. Oh no! I've just had a message from Waitrose Home Delivery. Due to the current situation with the beastly COVID-19, my foie gras pâté with couscous, shiitake mushrooms and balsamic vinegar is out of stock. What a poor show! What the devil am I going to do? Are you a posh twat? Do you need compensation because your weekly grocery delivery has been disrupted by a worldwide pandemic? Are you struggling to live on just three different types of Lebanese hummus a week? Yes, actually, I am. Are you uncertain where your husband's next pair of chinos and cashmere sweater will come from? You know, the ones he drapes around his neck while wearing slip-on shoes and no socks, like a chinless bellend attending the garden party of an old university chum who now works as a wealth manager and who gives his children weird names like Ethan, Figgy and Augustus? Well, of course. And have you been bawling your Botox-infused eyes out just because the coronavirus has put an end to your weekly spa sessions where you spaff your husband's money up the wall lying on your middle-class mole-covered back with your friend Ophelia from the bridge club having a cucumber avocado and aloe vera facial listening to whale sounds while the aroma of jojoba and yalang yalang drifts through the air? Absolutely. Then we're here to help, you overprivileged, smug, self-entitled tit. Here at Red Trouser Lawyers, we understand what it's like to be a posh knob down on their luck. For all the inconvenience you've experienced of not having your weekly taramasalata, we will compensate you by arranging for the MD of your online shopping retailer to be hanged, drawn and quartered on your massive front lawn and their dangly bits cut off and made into truffles, while you and your witless husband sit watching, quaffing pims and laughing like orgasmic hyenas. And if you sign up today, we'll give you a quarter of a million pound voucher for you to spend on kale. Crikey, that's totes amazing! Thanks awfully, Red Trouser Lawyers. Call us today on 0800 555, quoting, My husband's a red trouser wearing cock. Terms and conditions apply. Posh wankers only. Subject to status. Your home is at risk if you set it on fire. I like monster munching wearing crotchets thongs. Satan is God. COVID-19 is a pedo. I nearly got the X-Factor voiceover job. <laughs> uh, no, that's a good sketch, that, isn't it? It's a very good sketch. I enjoyed that. Um, the problem for me talking about that sketch, of course, is I'm one of the main 
actors in the sketch. You, you are one of the main actors. Uh, so, so it seems a bit uh, disingenuous for me to. Is that the right word? No. It seems a bit um, arrogant. Arrogant Coffee. for me to go. Well, what a marvelous performance that was! Full right. of yourself by that man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Lovely wanker. Yeah. yeah thank you. Um, <laughs> So therefore, I think we should concentrate on the writing and Robert well, and I his contribution what, to release the clowns. We'll concentrate on that, but I will also say it is a really well performed sketch. Um, By actually, Holly. Robert sent us a little a little bit about why he chose that. Ah, so um, I, I think I'll I'll read that. I think that's a good now. idea. So yeah, do it. Nice he says, I'm choosing this sketch because when I was writing it, the ideas flowed, which doesn't always happen when writing sketches. It's also my favourite because it was brilliantly performed by Holly as the posh woman and Nick doing the voiceover. Oh, love you, Rob. He absolutely nailed the fast talking bit at the end. Also, kudos to producers Alex and Nick for letting quite a few naughty words get through in this sketch. Ah, now that's an interesting thing because... Often in Release the Clowns, we don't have that much curse words. No. Not too much potty mouth. Not too much adult content. No. But that sketch really was made by it. You couldn't, I don't think you could no, have done that sketch no, without absolutely. calling them posh knobs or, you no know, all the twats. Twats and, yeah, all that sort of thing. Because you need that level of anger. In I there. think we might have edited slightly to get a couple of them a couple of swear words out or change yes. them slightly. Yeah. Softened them perhaps a little. Yeah. Just a bit from yeah, whatever they were previous. <laughs> but I think Rob's absolutely right. It's, they're, they're really good performances and um, Holly does a fantastic job. Yes. Yes, she that. does. Oh, it's wonderful. And of course, because we were doing this during lockdown, um, she was recording her bit from her house um, and I was recording my bit in my house and we... So it's really good that she was able to do her side as if I was saying things to her. Yeah. Well, I think actually also credit to Rob because yeah. when we put the call out for, for sketches during lockdown, obviously we emphasize monologues. Um, and what we got back was a lot of monologues, which is fine because a lot of them were very good, but that's one of the few sketches we got back that actually had an idea that enabled us to use more than one person. Yes, very easily. Yeah, yeah, very easily. So it was it was perfectly set up for an audio recording in separate places. Yeah, exactly. Which is very useful and something a trick we're probably going to have to use in the next months. Yes, but it's a. I think it's a wonderfully written sketch. Um, he's got a lot of anger, really well <laughs> directed, and I just love that red trouser lawyers. I th- yeah, I, I think this it just perfectly nails a, a particular type of entitled obliviousness to the rest of the world yes Yes, that's it yes we've all met these people i Mm. think um obviously i've met a lot more than you have because i'm quite posh yeah and and you're from fairham i've heard about these people oh they're a pain in fact if you if you were to go from your your family home in fairham and just hang around either the red funnel ferry terminal in Southampton or the White Link ferry terminal on the, in Portsmouth, you would see a lot of red trousered idiots heading to their <laughs> holiday homes on the Isle of Wight, which is where most of the... I think I think 85% of the red trousered twats in the country 
holiday in the Isle of Wight. You've got a holiday home, haven't you, Nick? Yes, I do. Where is it? Oh, it's on the Isle of Wight. Oh, no. <laughs> Arse. But So back to Robert's sketch. <laughs> that's, that's as much as we can probably say about the sketch without Robert to talk to, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you could tell it flowed. I mean, the ideas do flow really well. Well, what I will um, say is, so when we when we originally put the open call out for sketches hmm. um, and for new writers, obviously we got an awful lot back that was completely unusable. Robert was one of those who seemed to hit the mark really early. Mm. Um, sketches like The Wake. That's a very funny sketch. Extremely funny. The, the prostate sketch, now, which yes. is, is not big, it's not clever, but it's a great deal of fun. Oh yeah, no that that one, it was one of those ones. You it's a pullback to reveal. Yes. Which now, we've both read a lot of sketches in our time, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't see that coming, <laughs> which was really nice. Well, it, no, it, because the the reveal is is something of a non secateur, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And that 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 it's really clever. Um, I and and therefore worked really well. A lot of pullbacks to reveals. You can see it coming. Yeah. Like a herd of wildebeest <laughs> charging across the plane. Um, that's what, that's what makes them so often awful. Yes. And that's, yeah. So that's why that one worked really, really well. What are, this is, um, the chainsaw. Oh, yeah. Sketch. That, that was another lockdown sketch. Yes. Um, so thank you, Rob, for helping us through, <laughs> through lockdown by getting us a couple of really good sketches in. Um, and also thank you for getting us. For writing sketches for us and for consistently hitting the mark. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And the the uh, that supermarket runner. Oh yeah, that's sublime as well. So um, so Rob, thank you. Thank you. And now we're going to go on to the next sketch. Yeah, yeah, just like that. Just like that. Just like that. We haven't forgotten you, Rob. No. It probably feels like we have. Thank you again. <laughs> So it's quite awkward saying, you know how, how awkward it is saying goodbye to people on Zoom calls? Yes. When no one, no one wants to, everyone's trying to get out, but no one wants to actually look like they're looking for the, yeah, yeah. the button to the click button. off. It's, it's more awkward getting out of a conversation with someone who isn't there. It is difficult. It seems to be. I'm surprised it's taken us this, this long, yeah, actually. Because You'd think we'd be able to just go, ah, that's the end of it. Ultimately, the end of it. We'll still both be sitting here and we're the only people who are talking. It's an existential nightmare. <laughs> it's it's like something Jean-Paul Sartre has written. Hell um, is not having other people there. And on that note, thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Release the clowns. OK, so we're here with our um, writer, performer, social media guru... The Nawab of the networks, Dan Willis. Hello, Lovely hello, Dan. Um, and um, Dan's been with us uh, ooh, uh, about a year and a half. Year and a half. Is yeah, it a year and a half? On that. Yeah, year and a half now. It's been Good. a it's been a whirlwind. Yeah. It, oh, it's a whirlwind, all right. And um, today, though, we're going to focus uh, on your on your sketch sketch. I was going to say sketchy abilities, but that sounds horribly <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Sketch writing, and um, and we got a, a sketch that went out in show number seventy for anyone who's interested, um, and it's called Unexploded Device Museum. 
Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the Museum of Unexploded Devices. I'll be your tour guide for the day, guiding you very carefully around the exhibits and hopefully coming out the other side in about 45 minutes. Uh, there's a gift shop at the end with lots of memorabilia you can buy to commemorate your survival, uh, sorry, visit, as well as some replica gift devices, or as we like to call them, duds. <laughs> now, does anyone have any questions before we head in? Uh, yes, you, madam. Is it very dangerous? Uh, no, 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 no. But I will just double check that you've all signed the waiver form that prohibits you from suing the museum or indeed any form of foreign power in case of injury. Can we check photos? Um, unfortunately not. Ironically, I'm going to have to ask you to switch off all electronic devices. Any flash photography will probably result in an even bigger flash. If you want to, you can store all your belongings in the hurt lockers over to the side. Any unattended baggage will be removed and may be displayed. Uh, is the tall wheelchair accessible? Uh, yes, madam. I will say it didn't used to be, but we did suddenly see a need for it with a lot of the returning visitors. Is it just World War II devices displayed? Uh, no, sir. Uh, we have all sorts of exhibits. Uh, we will pass through the Blitz Bombs display, but the museum also has a fine collection of Vietnamese trip mines, Gulf War IUDs, and even some leftover barrels from the great gunpowder plot of 1605. Unfortunately, the west side of the museum is closed, but you wouldn't want to go through there anyway. It's a real minefield. Ah, well, it appears our tour has just got a little bit shorter. So, after we pass through the Gulf War exhibit, we'll probably just scout around the rubble, and then we'll finish in the TNT section, which I think you'll really love. It's absolute dynamite. <laughs> Any last questions before we head in? Um, <clears throat> yes. How do I get this audio guide remote to work? The audio what? No, wait, stop. That's a detonate. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for visiting the Unexploded Device Museum today. Please exit to the left and remember to leave a TripAdvisor review. Truly blown away. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Well done. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Delightfully silly. Talk us through that then. Um, God, where do you start? Um, I don't really know where that came from. Uh, oh, wait, no, I'll tell a lie. I do know because I was in Soho where I work and there was an unexploded World War II bomb which shut down Soho. I don't know if you remember for like. It was, like, it was like a week or so. They kept finding new ones. Oh, yeah. And uh, I thought, oh, well, that's kind of cool. And everyone wanted to go see it. Everyone was coming up to the barrier <laughs> go, I want to see it. I want to see it. Um, and the police said, like, no, of course you can't see it. And I thought, well, what if there was a place where you could go and see it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think, I think one, of the, one of the things I, I, I love about that sketch is, is obviously the sketch. The crowd, mm. the the sort of little ad libby just stuff that happens because you got this quality hubbub. Yeah, because you got Phil Whelan's and Phil Nice in the same hubbub with yeah. Joe Tilly, yeah. and and the three of them make this wonderful. They're just those little extra remarks that come off the ends of things. 
Um, yeah, that's something you guys definitely helped with in the editing process. Because, yeah, you suddenly realise he's saying these things and he needs an audience, um, especially for someone to say, oh, I love those. I love Vietnamese trip mines. Um, <laughs> well, I think Joe had lived that, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah I, she I, did. think, I think it's one of those really nice things where we get we get a chance to have a sketch where we've got a lot of us in the room together mm. and just see what comes out of that. Um, and it's, it's just such a, a perfect setup for random idiots to say things <laughs> 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 the sort of the sort of people who were following a guide around an unexploded device museum yeah. <laughs> what would they say yes and i think i think it's the, the the line of um you know don't leave your bags around or they may be taken away and displayed <laughs> that line I, I thought was one of the most elegantly done jokes yeah. i've ever seen you know i just love that so well done thank you. you. Thank you, thank you. I was, I was, what I was also was um, when it got to hurt lockers, some film fans might be like, aha. But <laughs> that, is very, that is very niche. So I'll yeah. give you that. I like this that. I like that you don't shy away from a pun either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really is dynamite. <laughs> That's the thing, yeah. If, you've got, if you're going to have bombs, there's got to be puns. Because um, I always think bombs, puns, they go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Pint, cheese and pickle. Bombs and puns. Pint and Castella. I, I, do th I also like, I like the way that the, um, nothing, nothing disturbs the routine of the museum. <laughs> <laughs> Landmine goes off over here. It's like, well, we'll shorten our trip a little bit. They've gone through so many different exhibits. They just keep bringing in more. It's a, it's a hazardous <laughs> job. Yeah, exactly. You, you can't get too close to your colleagues. <laughs> you, know, you, you don't want to get you know that too pally with them because uh you never know where they're going to end up you can't take your work home with you <laughs> you can't take your work home with you. no dave did that yeah <laughs> took out his whole row of houses <laughs> I, I, love the, I do love the line um wheelchair access we didn't have, but we have found it useful with our returning customers. customers. <laughs> the idea that, just the idea contained in that, that someone who's already had lost the use of their legs because of their visit to the museum will then come back. Yeah. <laughs> it's always new things to look at. <laughs> I like to think what would be in the memorabilia shop, because I put that in at the start. And now I have no idea what would be in there. Unexploded <laughs> sticks of dynamite. Well, those lighters shaped like hand grenades. Oh, yes. First aid kits. It's just if you make it through, yeah. here's the stuff to patch you up. Tripwire tooth floss. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Maybe some of those claymores, you know, that yeah. they're, they're always putting in. They're always putting out claymores, aren't they? Always claymores. Isn't that a sword? Think, yeah. yeah, it is. I don't know why they why, do. Why are you putting swords all over the place in the jungle? I think unexploded bombs get a bad rep generally. Um, yeah, because it's really the exploding ones that are the problem. Well, yeah. <laughs> but also, everyone thinks they're very boring. But, you know, <laughs> they're very clever. But the thing, the thing about them is they're very boring right up until the point when they're not. <laughs> yeah. They're, only, they're really only interesting for a very short time. But, boy, it's a ride. They are, they are exciting right then. Well, we're... we're we're going to have to draw this to a close, I'm afraid. Thank you very much, Dan. No, thank, thank you. Dan. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Thanks also for, for the sketches. I, I, I love Unexploded Device Museum. 
um, the minimalist minimalism for for millennials is another oh, yes. favorite of mine as well. And there's the ads, ads, ads. Yes, the guy from ads, ads, ads <laughs> selling an ad campaign that has no ads. <laughs> It's, it's blank. That's that's a really elegant sketch yeah. as well. Everyone's going to know who you are. You're the people who don't have any advertising. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I've had a couple of years jaded in advertising. Oh yes. yeah, yes. Well, that's the beauty of it. You, you see, all all every day where you're working and thinking, crikey, I wish I could go on a rampaging gun. Rage. Um, what you're doing is is storing up material. Yeah, and I'll fire it out on a page, and it turns into a script. Hooray! There you go. Well, keep keep mining, keep mining that disappointment. Oh, nice. <laughs> Thank you, Dan, and we will see you hopefully sometime together in the same place again this century. Yes, fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. Hurrah! I would hope so. Okay. Hope so. Hope so. Thanks, Dan. Thank you very much. Keep in touch. See you later, Dan. Have fun. Bye-bye. Release the clowns. And we're here with one of our newer writers, actually, Zoe Brown, who's written some lovely stuff for us and gave us especially what we're going to hear now, which is one of the highlights of the what I like to call the lockdown monologues. So here we are with Zoe Brown's Zombie Apocalypse Dating Part 1. Hello? Hello? Is this thing working? Is anyone there? Can anyone hear me? You have to excuse me. I'm a bit out of breath. I've just been running. Turns out one major advantage of a zombie apocalypse is it does up your fitness levels. You should see my abs. If only I'd known before I renewed my gym membership. Still can't be helped now. Okay, this is a long shot, but I'm hoping someone, anyone, might hear this. I can't be the only survivor, can I? Hello? So, okay, a bit about me. My name is Sarah, I'm 32, and I guess I'm looking for, well, any adult male, really. <laughs> I mean, it was hard meeting a partner before the fall of mankind, what with working long hours and commuting, living in a big, soulless city. It honestly felt like everyone was a zombie. Now everyone actually is a zombie. <laughs> Makes me laugh now. But if you'd told me 28 days ago a man would only want me for my brains, I'd have been flattered. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for, eh? <laughs> Undead? I thought it was just a normal day at work. You know how unfriendly people are on the tube. And even when I saw Lucy eating brains in the office canteen, I just thought, wow, that's a weird superfood. I guess she's not vegan anymore. <laughs> I mean, can you blame me? Lucy was always on some kind of fad diet. So, um, so, here I am, all alone. Sarah, adult female zombie apocalypse survivor. And yes, 
I'm not proud. I'd literally settle for the last man on earth. <laughs> Looks are unimportant. And uh, full disclosure, my personal grooming regime is at an all-time low. But you must have a functioning penis and want kids. It's not what I'd normally lead with, dating-wise, but we have to repopulate the human race. Needs must. <laughs> oh, and I could do with someone upbeat. I'll be honest, the constant zombie bludgeoning is really starting to get me down. Get off! Anyway, my hobbies are running, hiding, foraging and cross-stitch. Combat skills and own bunker a plus. Zombies need not apply. Please. I'm so alone. <laughs> that, that, that laugh of despair that she does halfway through. Honestly, every time I hear that, it just makes me like... <laughs> It's just that, honest to God, she brought that to life so well. And I think because of the, the time it went out as well, it was just, it kind of felt like that, didn't it? Because all the streets yeah. were empty. And um, I don't know, I just thought that's definitely kind of my reaction to that. Yeah, I definitely caught the mood of that moment. It probably helps, actually, that Holly was, where Holly recorded that sitting in the cupboard under the stairs. Didn't yes. <laughs> <laughs> Eating things from a jar. <laughs> <laughs> but she literally, that one, she did record on her phone in the cupboard under the stairs. Wow, the quality is amazing for that, then. That is... Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the good thing from my point of view uh, uh, for the sound editing was it wasn't supposed to sound clean because it's kind yeah, of... No, with the radio hash and all of that. And so with the zombie moans in the background. Oh, with the zombie moans yeah. in the background. So, so that one, when, when she originally sent me, the, sent me the file, I thought... Oh, this is a bit dirty. And then I thought, that oh, that's makes, okay, it's that an advantage. Yeah. Um, yeah. And subsequently, she's got herself a really nice microphone. So. Yeah, which would have ruined it, I guess, in a, yeah. in a way. Useless. Yeah, useless. useless. <laughs> honestly. <I don't> <laughs> it would have been useless for the purposes of it. I, honestly, when I heard that come out, I was like, that's so much more than I imagined that would be. Holly's been with us. So Oh, brilliant. That's good. Well, Holly will be happy to hear that. Holly's been with us since, I think, the second recording session. I think so. Oh, oh. Yeah. I think I, t I think I tweeted her at the time, because I listened and I was like, you're amazing. But that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, you write something and you kind of have an idea about how you want it to sound. And then when you really hear something just given so much more, that really makes it come to life. It's so incredible to sort of see how that collaboration works you know what i mean and of course yeah. you know you do the editing and the sound effects and it's really interesting i think to see that that process as well yeah so it's a really good example though because we've had this discussion a few times in these these shows about performance versus writing which one matters most but in that case actually it was i mean that is what you put on the page the desperate laugh is what yeah. you put on the page yeah. so it's, it's, you built that environment that atmosphere and Holly just took it on, and it absolutely yeah. is a 50-50 collaboration. Yeah, yeah. Well, it really is, isn't it? I mean, I think that's the thing. I mean, there's, you have to appreciate that all creative work, I think, is so much... Everybody's putting stuff into it that is adding to what 
it is at the end. And there's not one, I don't think there's any one part of that that can really sort of have precedence over the other. I mean, I think a good actress or actor can make stuff that is, you know, not fantastic come alive in a way that it wouldn't with somebody else. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I think it's, yeah. there's so much in it. And that's the thing, the more you do, the more you realise that there's, you have to rely on other people and you have to give uh, things to other people that they are really good at in order to make something at the end that is the best it can possibly be. You know, and I think that's quite a good example of that. And of course, and it triggered so much more as well, didn't it? So you did, oh, uh, what was his name, the first guy? Ralph. Oh, yeah, bless him. Oh, Ralph. Oh. Ralph. Like, you know what? I really liked Ralph. It's, it's, it's one of those occasions when I was writing something that actually, I just, thought, I just like you. You're a nice person. Yeah, he had like, he had like a real kind of like upbeat heart to him, didn't he? Yeah. Like, I have hope over experience. Nothing was going to get him down. I mean, even sticking with his wife when it was clear that she she was one of the undead because, you know, till death to us part. Yes, and, it, and then not even that. Reanimation after death. But no, I just thought, <laughs> yeah, he was such a sweetheart. He was so very, very sweet. And again, that was quite an interesting thing to sort of see how you took that and then made that something else. So it was like a sort of a little bit of a tennis match with it. Yeah. Really lovely. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, it was really nice. And then we had you, you played the, um, the record executive. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was just like... It seems like a Yeah. Yeah. But a little bit more lecherous. Yeah. Was it, what's the name of the song he'd written? <laughs> oh, it was some kind of, like, Europop kind yeah, of... Yeah, Europop yeah. rubbish, yeah. Right. It was, it was. The key tits, tits. <laughs> or, or as I, 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 as I intonated it, bikini tits, tits. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a probably it's probably a problem. I was reading something the other day about um, preppers and, and bunkers. Oh yeah. About how they have these like massive kind of conferences where they look at and they gadgets that you can put in your high-end bunker but a lot of the discussion forums are around how do you keep your staff from killing you <laughs> to take over your bunker wow because obviously i mean this is the thing it's just like what kind of world do you live in maybe not be an asshole perhaps <laughs> yeah look up, but that's the, that's the weird thing the weird thing about that i think is that these are people who genuinely spend all of their time, their entire existence in a world which is not apocalyptic, preparing for how they're going to just about manage to survive in an apocalyptic world. Yeah, why would you do that? Why, why not just, in, why, why is this world beyond what's happening now so much more important than actually just getting on and enjoying life now? I know, I know it's a very, it's a very odd thing, isn't it? It's like that. And maybe they just don't have enough to worry about. Maybe they just need a little bit more everyday stress in their life so that they can not worry about ridiculous things like how to stop their staff from take, taking their food, like putting, you know, fingerprint things on a fridge <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> They're just going to chop your hands off, aren't they? I mean, just... <laughs> At which point we realise that you've thought this through a lot more clearly than they have. <laughs> Your head just spirals off into like, well, clearly, 
I mean, I'm not going to be the rich, rich person in this scenario, but um, I could probably plot to kill them if I was in a bunker with them. So, yeah, I guess. Well, the, this right. is the danger. This is the danger of knowing comedy writers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what 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 I think one of the things that comedy writers are very inventive, and they're always thinking so many steps ahead. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, you're going to put a thumbprint on that thing. Well, obviously, I'll just cut your hand off. Yeah, I'm well, already, the I'm already so, there, and you haven't even bought that gadget yet. Yeah, and it doesn't even exist yet. But it's like you're because you're expanding like to the nth degree of where something can go. I mean, you might not write the nth degree, but you're definitely exploring that. That so, you know, your head just kind of goes off in yeah. so many different directions. Many of them completely fanciful and unrealistic, and that kind of doesn't matter. But um, no, you're absolutely right. Just that, and the darkness as well. The darkness mm -hmm. is, is part of it because I think I think that's a real germ of, of comedy itself. It's like, was it Dennis Norton said? It's the temporary absence. A joke is the temporary absence of sympathy. Oh, that's like, nice. I like ooh. that. Yeah, it's like the, the tiny little like jab. Or is it a joke is misery plus time? Oh, that, that, oh, who that was that? Be, uh, something that is painful that you have distance from. Yeah, misery uh, plus time, that, that I know. I'm thinking, is that Sid Caesar or something like that? Yeah. But I think it's true, there has to be that kind of like slight darkness to it. Not, I'm not, it's not darkness really, is it? It's just like laughing at, mis at your own misfortune perhaps yeah, or recognizable failure kind of shared cruelty isn't it you, yeah well, well you know, i mean what is it the, the a laugh it's in, in in evolutionary terms as a reaction a laugh is actually it's an expression of relief it's an expression of <laughs> relieved surprise when yeah. the moment of danger that you're expecting doesn't transpire yeah, and, and the unexpected biggest, element of it as well. You're right, the surprise is, is like unexpected. But also, actually, arguably, the biggest relief is when one of the other apes get eaten and you don't. Yeah, well, maybe that is true. And yeah. that, that, that's, yeah. that, that's where that moment of cruelty comes in. But we have like a really particular humour, I think, in England. I think we're, we're quite sort of wordy, wordplay-y. You know, there's quite a lot of like game around homonyms and things yeah. that like being misconstrued about not quite understanding something awkwardness there's a lot of that because i think that's our i, th I mean i think that humor is very culturally specific as well because a lot of jokes or sketches whatever kind of set up with oh you know that thing that we all know and people go yeah and they're like okay so it's about this thing so you start you have to establish the common knowledge and i think when you look at things sometimes from abroad, there seems to be, like Italy, for example, I think is quite slapsticky humour. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Crap falls and your tits fall out. Do you know what I mean? It's like that kind of stuff. Happens to me every day. Yeah, well. I think I mean, the English language creates quite a lot of grey areas. Yes. Because it is, like, for example, my wife's Polish, and one of the things that surprised me most about the Polish language when I first started to, to understand it at all was that actually you can trust all of the letters. They might have all of these odd words, <laughs> odd consonant clusters and, and things like that. But, but actually, if the letter, if this letter is there, this is what it sounds like all the time. Whereas in English, 
That is not no, it's, the most. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is the thing that our language is a reflection of us, much as like, you know, bloody far right in Kent would not, don't want to hear it. We are a nation of mongrels. Our language is a mongrel language with like lots of stuff shoved in it. Doesn't really make any sense. It's got bits from here and bits from there. And that's what I really love about it. I love it, that. It makes it incredibly versatile, incredibly yeah. flexible. And it means that actually there are all these little points where you can leave a, you can just get a little wedge into yes. it, lever open that crack and find yeah. something funny. Yes. Yeah, skewer things and kind of like push, push those misunderstandings and actually kind of skew. No, I think, I think we've got a, a great language and, and I absolutely love it. I bought myself something, this is, this is my birthday gift to myself because I'm such a nerd, I'll just show you this. Oh, I love this book. Roger, it's oh, this yes. Book. So uh, I just like to say the defendant is holding up a book, Robin <laughs> Thesaurus, of English words yeah. and phrases. Man. I love this so much because it really makes you realise that when you say a word, what you actually mean, what type of meaning from that word do you actually mean? Really, really nail it down. Like, and then I think that kind of, I just find it really, really helpful. I mean, literally, I could, I could read this. I love it. I, I spend a lot of time. With this book, it's my, it's my little gift to myself. Yes. Well, my, my birthday gift to myself, I think, was um, a bar of chocolate. That shows <laughs> we're, we're on very different intellectual... <laughs> oh, yeah, but look, just to, this is my book. Oh. This, I know, this is my book. And how cool is that? Thank you, Ava. It's, it's Chad. It's Chad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I've got the other one as well. That's brilliant. Now, I'm afraid we're going to have to go... Oh, you are the people. It's been so lovely talking to you and actually yeah. seeing real people. It's so yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, we we must do this again. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. Um, but also, we we will want you to write some more stuff at some point. Yes, I will. You, are you happy to do that? Absolutely, always happy to, to do that. Lovely stuff. I'm get the shit out of my brain and give it to somebody else. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even get a chance to talk about that at all. Actually, I think because because we did we did a while ago. Um, an open call for writers through a couple of points and we got quite a lot of new writers from that but Zoe didn't come through that at all Zoe found us I did I tracked you down yeah that's brilliant I'm, I'm really I'm so happy about that because um all the stuff you've done for us has just been lovely yeah really oh, lovely and very very you as well there's 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 a no, very, it's, so you. it's very distinct <laughs> I know I do yeah a slightly acerbic, cynical, bitter old lady's voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how I'd characterise it. Oh, You're the one with the thesaurus, so who am I to say? <laughs> anyway, because yeah, that's the thing, you have to get out of your head, otherwise it, it just stays in there and then what do you do? You go mental, don't you, mate? Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot of writing to do. Yeah. A lot of writing, I've got a lot of crap in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to go. Happy writing. Yes. Thank you very much. And see you soon. Yeah, see you soon. Bye 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 bye. Bye bye. bye, -bye. Thanks. Bye. Release the Clown starred Holly Meacham, Phil Whelans, Casper Michaels, Dan Willis, Joe Tilly, Barnaby Edwards, Karen Morden, Alex Marion, Nick Hildred, Martin Hyder, Phil Nice, and Simon Edwards. It was written by Zoe Brown, Dan Willis, Robert Mills, Alf Oldman, Jamie McLeish, and Andrew Kirkwood. The social media apparatchik is Dan Willis and masterminding the whole operation from the Kremlin are the producers Nick Hildred and Alex Marion. 
Now, if you're a writer who's wanting to make your female characters leap off the page but aren't sure how, fear not. Joanna Tilly is here to help. With years of comedy and writing experience, Joanna is offering writers her insights into how to create authentic, multi-dimensional female characters. Just head on over to joannatilly.com to find out how Joe can be your script companion and take your writing to the next level. See you in two. Thank you.